good day, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good whenever it is you're listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out a joint ha-ha podcast slash modcast of the 5150 modcast and the Woke and Baked podcast. A lot of things to go into. It is currently Wednesday, the 30th of January, and it is finally starting to look like January in Alaska. It's the good old year of 2019. 2019. Let, let me say that it looks great outside. It's good to see, like, the borough is definitely getting down uh, and putting in some work on these roads. So, Well, I got to say, the drivers that get paid to plow have been very anti about getting out and making money. So you know once that snow fell, they're like, fuck yeah, money. I mean, I don't mean to... Yeah, I'm with you. I was trying to avoid the cursing for months. Well, you know what? I can still avoid cursing for the first couple of minutes. I, folks, apologize. I cannot. You dove right in with F-bombs galore. I mean... You followed an F-bomb with an F-bomb. It was like, fa-fa-fa. I think it was three. It could have been. I'm proud right. of myself. But... One of the benefits of having a mildly embattled borough mayor in Charlie Pierce is that the roads are getting cleared up real quick. However, we do have to address that there was a four-car accident uh, on uh, Poppy Lane this uh, this morning. Now, if you are interested, let me just uh, another quick shout out because we got to try and get this guy on the podcast while he's walking in the shop. One of the cool things about this podcast is you never know who might stop in and become a guest on the modcast slash podcast. Mr. John Stock, the owner, operator, head artist over at Mad Creations Tattoo, just stepped into the building. And we're going to try and see if we can steal a couple of minutes of his time because why not? John, what's going on, brother? Not much. All right, let's, uh, let's get you down. Let's get a mic in front of you. It's gonna take a second for uh, for Wada Day over there to get the uh, the proper sound check. Um, check, check. So let's go into a couple of things going on locally um, that I want to address before well, we. Should we give a little? He has to go back, he's got to go back and tattoo soon. He's got to go back and tattoo. Should All we right. just talk to him? Give him a few questions about how great this man is. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Oh, he just showed uh, so, Bill right now. She all know he showed Bill a, a picture of something he drew for Bill. So on Saturday night, I had the opportunity to pull Mr. John Stock aside and kind of he saw my logo and he played with it and he's working on it and he just showed me something that's very, very cool and I'm very, very excited to see oh, and yeah. share with you guys at, uh, at some point. But straight into this, uh, John, how did you get involved? How did you become a tattoo artist? How, where did it start for you? And we might have to adjust the mic. Started, it started with my mom. Okay. One well, Christmas, she got me one of the most jankety $50 pieces, uh, you know, sets. She's like, here's a tattoo gun. Here you go. And I'm like, right on, thanks. And she's like, Merry Christmas. Now I want this tattoo. <laughs> and that's basically where it started out. It was like 2007, but I've been drawing way before that. Well, that was kind of where I wanted to get into that. Like, how long were you drawing? Uh, was this something you started as like a passion as a kid? Yeah, I started when I was two and then just kept on drawing. Did advanced classes through junior high, high school. Got a scholarship to go to college from Disney to do cartooning, which I got my associate's degree in. And, uh, but it was all boiled back down to career or family. So I came back to Alaska 
and did family until I got into tattooing. And it was a hobby for a little while, but then, you know, it turned into something just much, much more when I was able to get into a shop and actually start, you know, working like I wanted to. So how long was the process between, like, practicing on, on, on loved ones and people that were nice enough to give you, like, the flesh canvas? Uh, how long was it before you, you went from there to the point where you said, you know, like, I'm good enough to charge people for this? A couple years, at least. You know, I did uh, a few on my mom. I've done a few on my ex-wife. Me, myself, that was the biggest part. You know, my buddy Dave here, you know, it was trial and error because I didn't actually have anybody. There wasn't anybody here to really get any insight from. So I had to basically just do what I could, you know, started out with sanitation, really, because that's like key component to any tattoos, you know. So by the time I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I can start charging, you know, here or there. But I was only doing a couple of months, maybe, because I had a full-time job. So, so how was the, the support structure then from the friends and family that uh, were doing it? And when do you look at that, that early art? Like, you, you mentioned that, that Dave was one of the early recipients. Do you ever, yeah. like, look back at some of that old work and you think, this is what I would change now, or this is what I would have looked at or done differently? I've definitely done that there's and you definitely can see how the evolution of how my style has went from starting out in the beginning to do a simple lining session on somebody was a few hours and now I could do it in 20 minutes you know where I've pulled Dave in and been like no but I want to change this completely and refurbish it just because it needed to be I see it and I go no I want it better because that's how it should be you know art never just stops and goes okay that's good enough it, you always will start keep learning you know to be better Shit, 10 years from now I'll be even better than I am today and I'll be pulling people in and being like hey let me redo that <laughs> well I think that's that's kind of like one of the cool things about about art whether it's like being a sculptor whether I mean it's it's like maybe it's a little bit different with with sculpting or, or with tattooing I don't know maybe it's the same thing it's a, it's it's your the rock changes over time the canvas is changing well, exactly. the body is changing the skin texture changes and so you're learning and you're adjusting with that as well uh, and the same way that you know, very much with like a, a recording artist looking back at and listening to like their earlier stuff and saying okay this is where I grew from this this is the the change that I would make right. uh, and then maybe going back and being able to re-record that and tighten it into what you were able to. I, it makes perfect sense. I appreciate no, it, what you, it's It really cool. does because of the pure fact that if you don't, you know, there's, there's never a plateau. You will always be learning, like it, with anything. But, I mean, there's all these styles out there that I've never touched base with. And, and you know, there's styles I do now that 10 years ago I would have never tried. And I've actually brought in my own little style, too. You know, that cartoonist is in basically everything I, I do. So I can't help it. <laughs> so is there, a, is there a particular style that, uh, that, that you like using as a template more than others? Um, and, and if so, 
uh, what kind of, and when I say template, I mean um, when you would when you were addressing the the tattoo, like when you were um, like uh, I don't know. There's what's uh, different types of styles. There's well, um, there's like a oh neo traditional. There's traditional. There's I I'm a kind of a jack of all trades when it comes down to it because I try to integrate whatever the person wants because it really doesn't matter what I you know I'm always myself is going to be integrated into the piece yeah. every time but it's really what it boils down to the person that wants it you know how am I going to integrate them into their piece what style would you say would be like your favorite style like what would be like what do you love doing the most yes that is what I wanted thank you sir I like to do black and gray I like to do the stonework that right now is like my favorite thing to do because stonework is it, it works out really well pointillism which is very tedious but at the same time it brings out just so much more texture so I think that's where I'm at I like the black and gray with the um, crosshatch dot work stuff like that Okay. I don't like tribal, but I do it anyways. <laughs> when was the last time you did a tribal? I'm about to do a tribal in about five minutes. Does the person you are doing the tribal on have any idea that it's not your favorite thing to do? No. Okay. Well, then, in, in your heart, is that part of why you're charging them? Like, I hate doing this. This is... what. There was a joke. That was... You don't need to answer that. You don't answer <laughs> that. That is a stupid yeah. question. Have... Um, have you ever did photorealist portrait? No. That's the only, that's until I get to a certain point of feeling good about how it feels, me tattooing myself something photorealism um, or on somebody else. It's, it's kind of one of those things I try to steer clear of. Good thing is, usually that's not what happens here. There's not a lot of people that want it. Do you think that that being up here and, and having you know like a very like a I don't know a pool uh, to work in it, I don't know structured the way it is like the size of our peninsula is not necessarily huge, um, but being one of the the few folks in town that that is doing uh, tattoos, do you think that that being up here and, and being in I don't know in the middle of nowhere has uh, benefited you in, in being a jack of all trades as far as uh, being able to do this style or this style and then at the same time still developing your own technique? Yes, actually, because then I can. There's a lot of variety of, of what people want here. And because I am that jack of all trades, it's, oh, well, you. if I say I'm sorry, I can't do this, they'll go A to Anchorage, which is 100 and 20 some odd miles away or they're they're looking for somebody in other in town which you know is also closed down close just closed-minded I guess you know you got to make sure that you can do everything so I try my best to to do just that okay uh and quick question because I know you've got to go back and, and do a quick piece do you have a top Three comic book characters, non-Marvel, non-DC, 
that folks may or may not have heard of that you would recommend? God. Alfred E. Newman counts. Well, let's see. There's Spawn. Okay, so Spawn. Spawn is a really good one, which a lot of people know about. But yeah. I mean, Todd um, McFarlane's pretty much badass. Went to school in, uh, I believe, Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington University in Cheney. I, I looked at when I was stationed in Eastern Washington. Looked it up on their their Wikipedia. Notable graduates. Uh, also, one of their professors, Rachel Dozal, the uh, uh, the white black lady in Spokane, was one of their professors. So Todd McFarlane and Rachel Dozal. Nice. Yeah. Which blade? Which she comes from Image Comics. Okay. Um, they had a, a show out, what, one, 15 years ago, and actually it was a bomb. It just, the show bombed because it was nothing like her, but she's basically in nothing but uh, a suit of just that holds a gauntlet on, and the rest basically kind of just covers little bits and pieces. But she's epically crazy. So it's it's a good good read. Before you go, John, I have one good question for you. He's still got one more, uh, oh. one more character. One more character. He's thinking. I'm going to think. Okay. Oh, I got a question. Right. Boys, thinking. I got a question for him. He's going to enjoy. Ooh. In case you folks weren't aware of this, uh, last Saturday we did our comedy show, and John was amazing enough to help sponsor it. And I was wondering, did you have a good time? Yes, I did. I had a good time. It was it was wonderful. You know, the comics were funny. They they did what they could when it came down to the environment. So, so which um, which while you're thinking about your third character, want to uh, throw out some of the recommendations and suggestions that I have gotten for the next go around on comedy because you you sound like you're kind of committed and participating in the next one. Yeah. One of the ideas, and I think this is my favorite right now, is a referee shirt. And uh, a yellow and red card. Um, so if you get your yellow card, uh, you're getting a warning. Right. You get a red card, you gotta go. Right. And we're gonna. That's gonna be part of the intro. Uh, and what I'm thinking, and, and in my, uh, I'll run down what I'm thinking in my head a little bit later. But I think that you will appreciate it. But yeah. Uh, I, I do like the idea of like a referee shirt and a whistle. And if we could get like some like some like big jacked boy to do it, like some oh, yeah. on I might skates. Know exactly. If we could do it on skates. I don't know if we could do it on maybe skates. Maybe not on skates. Maybe not a big uh, But I know a big guy that could probably do it. Okay, cool. He's just gotta be a gentle. Just gotta be a big old grizzly or teddy bear. Oh well. Hopefully. Or enough, oh, yeah. just whistle forcefully enough for the behavior to stop. All right. Third. Third. Third comic. I am not sure. No, Deadpool is definitely Marvel. Here's, okay. Here's something that you might not know, though, because I can't really come up with another one right now because I'm so stuck on Marvel. <laughs> okay. But Venom came from a peaceful planet, right? No one knows that. But he got his crazy, insatiable lust to kill because of he was attached to certain people, right? Yeah. Well, one of the people before he was attached to Spider-Man was Deadpool. And that's why Venom has his crazy lust. 
Did not know that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Punisher. Well, let, quick question. What was your favorite Punisher movie? It would be the one with John Travolta in it. I did not like the Dolph Lundgren one at all. Okay. I mean, he did the best he could. You know, it's Dolph Lundgren. It was the 80s. I think Louis Gossett yeah. Jr. was in there. Yeah. but And uh, I did see Warzone, but I can't get past the main bad guy being on Seinfeld. Had to go back and watch it. Yeah. I, the I sh- short glasses. <laughs> that guy. See, I went back and watched the, the Travolta one, and my biggest one of my biggest issues is with that one is Travolta. I but I loved the the that was one of the few times where the game was better than the movie because the game was I think it was a rock star game you right. could you know you were like a Punisher and you were chopping people's heads off and do you want to cut his hand off or do you want to cut his head maybe I'm remembering it wrong no, no but it was, it was an epic game. the game was was incredible um, way better than I like going back and watching that movie. And and I'm not knocking Thomas Jane. It was it was that movie was a product of its time. It was it was the Punisher movie that you got when you were getting that Fantastic Four movie and right. you were getting that Hulk movie. That was the Punisher you were gonna get. You were gonna get John Travolta as right. the bad guy. And if you look at just about any John any John Travolta movie outside of like Pulp Fiction, it's pretty much a piece of shit. All right, um, and don't give me like his John yeah. Woo movies. Like uh, I believe he was in Broken Arrow, if I recall correctly, I think and so. Face yeah. Off. Face Off was incredible, but that was because you had two over-the-top actors. Right. One, one in an incredible and amazing Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is one of the most underrated actors of our time. If you disagree with me, go back and watch Bad Lieutenant Two. All right, that is one of the greatest movies right. of all time. Uh, that is one of the best acted movies of all time. If you know an addict, if you know an addict, that is that is an addict with a badge and a gun. Right. And yeah, and that is... Was that the one with Val Kilmer in it too? Or I was don't, that the sec, or the first one? Shit, I don't, I don't re- remember Val Kilmer being in, in either one of them. Um, I gotta watch it again. I gotta go back it's and watch it again. Minute. I believe it's on Prime. I'm fairly oh, certain it's on point. I have to watch it tonight. Um, but yeah, Nicolas Cage, great actor. John Travolta, not so much. And uh, and then then yeah, so John Travolta should not have been in a Punisher movie. But that was the Punisher movie that you get when those are the other movies around the time. Right. Thomas Jane is is not a bad actor, but that was a campy movie because they were making those movies. Like they were making cartoons, comic books in the in the late '80s and, and early '90s. Do you want to cut you off? Reflective of the time. John's guy's coming to get him. John's got a tattoo right now. Yeah. So John, well, John, thank, thank you. you so much for your thank time. You I appreciate it. We'll have you again, brother, soon. Don't worry. Absolutely. That's come over, very, very cool. Come over and see us again, John. You know you're always welcome here, brother. And you know where you're always welcome to. Amen, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. He's right now shaking the hand of Wad Day, the producer. All right. That was unexpected. Okay, we're good. All right. Absolutely unexpected. Didn't see well, that it's, one. It's kind of how we are. You know, sitting here at the vape shop, everything's unexpected. People just pop up and want to hang out and talk to me and Bill, and it's what we do. I dig it. I appreciate that. We talk to people. Uh, there's a 
We do. We do. And then we talk to each other, which is way better than talking to yourself because I can, you know, kind of respond and get an answer from you, which is pretty damn cool. I argue with myself a lot in my head. I, mean, I don't win them all, though. I lose my arguments sometimes. I, listen, as long as you win, you're good. <laughs> all right. So can we address some things that are in the news? Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Uh, this coming from uh, the website of the Peninsula Clarion, which... Quinkadinkly is PeninsulaClarion.com. Good source, good source. Yeah, good good title, too. Written by uh, Victoria Peterson. So shout okay. out to Victoria Peterson. Good job, Victoria. Uh, opening line, it, it it is the borough is it's addressing uh, Governor Dunleavy's uh, $20 million cut to education. And we'll kind of explain where that $20 million, what that $20 million actually is and what that means. But the borough would lose $1.4 million under these uh, proposed education cuts. Quote, Governor Mike Dunleavy introduced legislation that would repeal a 2018-2019 appropriation <coughs> of $20 million to K-12 through public education in Alaska. In a letter to Peninsula Senators Gary Stevens and Peter Michicki, Kenai Peninsula Borough School District Assistant Superintendent Jay, uh, Dave Jones asked for support in opposing the repeal of the one-time funding. Of the $20 million, $1.4 million was appropriated and allocated to the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District, according to documents from the State Department of Education and Early Development. So... I think that kind of addresses where the money comes from. It was like a one-time allotment. Uh, it was like a one-time appropriation. Yes. Um, but what is the benefit? Like, what is the benefit of cutting this uh, $20, um, $20 million? And it's looking like it would be to provide an increase in funds uh, to uh, the, let's see, it would be provide increase in funds to the Department of Corrections, the State of Alaska Troopers, and the Office of Information Technology. The thing that scares me is that uh, Office of Information Technology. What does that mean? And I think that that's just one of those things that I'm going to have to, to do a little bit of research in because I didn't know that that was a thing. What does the Department of Information Technology do? Wait, if you could take a quick look at that, um, I would really appreciate that. Um, because I'm kind of curious about what this uh, Department of Information Technology, what information uh, does is the state of uh, Alaska accumulating, and what are they doing with that information, and, and how is that information being used? One thing I want to add is, do you know that our uh, good old uh, Mr. Dunleavy himself spent nearly 20 years as an educator in rural Alaska? And one of his platforms elected was to help secure the education for our youth. Oh, that's great. And then turns around and cuts the budget. That's a lot of money. So I'm a little confused how he's going to have his stance on, I'm going to fight for better schools for our youth and have more funding for the schools, and then right away cuts the budget for the schools. Yeah, the dude just came into office. Like, that was his thing. And that's directly from AlaskansForDunleavy.com. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like his gig. Like he was elected, uh, and that was one of his platforms. That he was, 
and he was touting his his um, his history and education. We're just electing we're electing scumbags, and and that and I don't want to take anything away from. Our we're tradition. not calling Dunleavy a scumbag. I'm not are calling we? Dunleavy a scumbag. Um, Baggage was. I don't want to. I don't want to call any of us any of them scumbag, but let me just. I understand our state troopers need a retirement plan. Yes, I, I get that they need a better they need a better plan than what they've got. I know that the state of Alaska needs a, a better um, a better criminal justice system uh, and better correction system than the one they've got. However, my understanding is Wildwood is doing a pretty damn good uh, job. I, I know that several people. Um, I actually I can think of you know more folks more folks than I would think that I know that came out of um, state uh, state facilities who are doing pretty damn well for themselves. So I don't know. I don't know if necessarily maybe the issue is more SB ninety one than than it is the the state corrections issue. Yes, because the folks the folks that I know that have come from that background are doing tremendous. Uh, shout out to those who may not necessarily want a shout out, but um, if they're doing, you know, if they're, they're doing all the things they're supposed to be doing and more uh, after they've got out, then why shouldn't they be celebrated? But nonetheless, um, that money is being taken from, from education. And I think now, there's there a very distinct possibility that that money may have already been spent in, in the way that they've kind of made adjustments and, and what they're able to buy, uh, and and what that's you know a little bit of leeway for. Where where's that 1.4 million dollars? What is that going to take away? Is that going to take away from aids in the classroom? Is that going to take away from uh, the food programs? What is that 1.4 million dollars? And uh, and are they playing the the siphoning of our kids' futures uh, game? And and if they are, it's bullshit. It's a bullshit game to play, it but is. it feels like uh, the, and I and I don't I don't necessarily mean to quote you know Lupe Fiasco or, or misquote him, but I got to give give credit where credit is due. Um, but in budget cuts, education's the first to go, and in many cases, the education shit anyway. Um, we have we have some great great teachers in our community, mm-hmm. and we should be doing our best to to keep them. But the thing is, if we are not, if we keep cutting education and we keep making it more uh, uh, um, unaffordable mm-hmm. for them to get insurance, uh, then is their cost, if they get a raise, that, um, that raise immediately, immediately gets negated by the rise in insurance costs. Yeah. So what, we're, what are we doing? We're, in essence, we're taking away the chance for a better future. Everybody's around, all these politicians are always saying, I want a better future for the kids. I want a better future for the kids. But the minute they say budget cut, they immediately attack the education of the kids. And me being a father with a daughter who right now is in first grade really kind of pisses me off that my daughter's going to get gypped out of certain things that she might need to help have a better education because some dude wants to cut budget money. How about the senators and governors and mayors take some of their pay away? See how they react. Here's what I don't get. And this is an argument that I've made for a while. Why do we keep the state capital in Juneau? Why is it there? Why is it that our representatives live, what, hundreds and hundreds of miles away in a landlocked, uh, not landlocked, ocean locked? You, it's only, you can only get there by plane or, or by boat. 
You can't drive there to see your representative. Your capital that you're paying to keep the lights on for, uh, that, that you can't go to. Mm-hmm. It is a pain in the ass to get there, all right? To see your representative and to see the fucking waste. Why is it that we, we haven't relocated uh, our, our assembly, our, our, our House of Representatives to Anchorage? Or even better, since the state is so spread out, why not keep the, uh, keep the representatives in their district and have them, uh, and have them go in uh, by video representation? There's got to be a thousand ways that are less expensive for them to operate than the way they currently do. Because you have guys who, uh, if I... And I don't, man, we are paying for representatives to move to Juno with their families for a short amount of time and then paying for them to move back. Why the fuck do we <coughs> do that? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to curse, but it seems like we're spending a whole lot more money on just that, that one issue for representatives from all across the state to go to one place for a short amount of time and then leave, okay? Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that they don't talk about uh, about what goes on in Juno. Let's talk about all the lobbyists, the lobbyists that go to Juno, um, which, by the way, is far away from the representatives' constituents, okay? So they're not under the watchful eye of anybody. But the lobbyists get to fully operate and spend money and do things uh, that they absolutely should not be doing um, for folks that aren't going to investigate themselves. What makes me mad was I'm trying to find out where exactly it was, but... You know who our last governor was? Do you know he did not live in Alaska for half his term? Uh, wait, we're going to need you to look at the last governor who was... Uh, last governor of Alaska, Wade. Look up where he lived during his... I feel like I should know his name. Is it Begich? No, it no, wasn't it, Begich. It was Sullivan? No. Nope, was it wasn't Sullivan. Was Holy it? smokes. What? Old guy. Walker. Yeah. Look up uh, where Walker lives. Walker. Governor Walker lives. Because I'm pretty sure at one of the points of one of the people, when he was doing the whole PFD cut on the Anchorage Daily News, they did a release of the fact that he got paid like 60 grand to fly from his home state to Anchorage and then to Juno for the meetings to talk about why the budget's being cut. Why is a dude getting paid extra money because he can't figure out a budget shit? It doesn't... Talking about the, talking about the last guy, well, I'm wondering which sucks, is... I'm not saying I'm saying that the fact that these people be paid to be in office are not living in the state of Alaska, and the people that are here live, like, in Palmer, Wasilla, and they got to fly to Juneau because they want a spot they can go work at without nobody around. It's crazy how that works. It's like if you were going to invent a way to make it so that your state representatives could do whatever the hell they wanted without anyone watching them, there would be no better way to do that than put them on on an island you can only get to 
by boat or by plane. And that's let's be honest, that's what Juno is. Yes. Juno is is a is a small enclave. There's no reason for that to still be our capital. Having our capital there is a waste of money, and we do it for the sake of tradition rather than what's doing it uh, for for most cost effective uh, for our state. And the reality is is that if we are able to to look online, um, you looking up the the state of the last governor thingy majigger? Perfect. Not um, much there really. So. Going back to that, we're but either way, that we're set up for a system that, that we've allows had, for graft. We've, 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 we've had a vote numerous times to move it to Wasilla because it's not in Anchorage. They don't have it in the middle of Anchorage, but yet it, every time it gets a reason why they can't do it. Um, wait, can we look up the last, um, the last time uh, that it was addressed to move the state yes. capital or move the uh, House of Representatives? Because that's one of those things that I think needs to be addressed. Yes. And I've, I've made this... Um, this argument, because I think it's it's a ridiculous argument, and it's a, rid a ridiculous plan. Um, so here's my ridiculous plan, and here's my ridiculous solution to this problem. Flood Juno. Gets better. <laughs> no. The state of Alaska should pay for every resident of the state of Alaska to fly into Juno for three days and put them up in a hotel room so that they have the opportunity. They don't even have to go see the guy or gal, um, but they have the opportunity to see their representative. They also have the opportunity to go see uh, the state capitol. That also does a couple of things. When these people are in Juno, they're going to spend money. They're going to eat at the night. They're going to eat at the cool Juno restaurants, the cool touristy spots. It'll it'll raise uh, you know people will be spending more money, but. The state of Alaska is not going to pay the, that money because that's ab an, an absolutely ridiculous way to spend a ridiculous amount of money. Just like sending our representatives and their families to Juno for a couple of months at a time. Why the fuck do we do that? I would take it a step farther. If they set it up to where, if, let's say, me and you want to fly to Juno our representatives should be open to sit down with us and talk about whatever the hell we want. But they're not. If you go there, they're busy. They're, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, if I fly there and say, listen, bitch, I'm here. I want to talk to you, sit down. They should be willing to do that. I think that if you address it with, listen, bitch, I think that if you, <laughs> I think your mistake is is starting the conversation with, listen, bitch. Yes. However, I'm willing to bet, and, and we need to talk to Wade and get this Patreon set up, but I'm willing to bet you that if we can get to Juno, Senator Machiki will sit down with us and he will address these issues one on one in Juno. We just have to get to Juno. Okay, Machiki lives in Kenai. Oh, I know. I can go talk to the man whenever I want. Oh no, 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 no. Not not when they're in session. No. When they're in session, he lives in Juno. Yes. And then yeah. he but his house is here and his family is here. Oh, but I, he goes there to have a house there too. I'm that we pay fairly for. certain. I don't know if his family is with him right now, but I know there are representatives whose families are. I think it should be if, if they're in session and we go there. I'm like, hey, can we have a couple hours to sit down and talk to you about a bunch of topics? Do you think they sit down with us? Twenty bucks says he would. Twenty bucks. We need to make this happen. All right. So we're gonna fly there and and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars of our money to get there. I mean, nice hotel, not, nice did you room. Say hundreds of thousands. Hundreds or thousands. Okay. Of our money for a twenty dollar bet. And I'm dumb if I'm going to do this. 
spend, I'm going to blow I'll, the money. I'll, I'll go up to $200. Like, we'll figure out what the cost is to get round-trip tickets, and it's, we'll stay at an Airbnb. We don't have to do that. I got a friend whose husband lives there. I was crashing his couch. Nope, we're staying at an Airbnb. We are? Yep. I'm down. We're going to stay with the local. And then we're going to go just walk up in the... We're going we're gonna to make an appointment. We're going to do this all official-like. We're going to all official-like, dude. I'll wear a tie. Not not a dress shirt or dress pants, just just like a normal you know, shorts and tuxedos. t-shirt with we'll, a tie. We'll show up in tuxedos like Step Brothers. Can I like short sleeve tuxedo? I'm down. I don't give a shit. And they'll meet with us and they'll talk with us and we'll get them on the podcast with us. Yeah, why not? I mean, I elect, I voted. You know what I mean? So, and I'm paying their wages. They can at least have the decency to sit down and talk to me for a few minutes and explain about my issues I have. Well, I want to talk. I want to talk about why the budget, uh, why why all cuts always come to education first. Um, hey, Circuit, have you figured out when the last uh, that's two point vote? He's Steve. He, he's Waday. Wadizzle. He's, he's straight, straight hey, Wadi. You figure um, out when the last time that we voted in Alaska to move the uh, the the capital? Here he comes, folks. All right. 2002 was the last time so that they addressed it. How uh, did that vote go, Wade? Uh, rejected by Alaskans. Because the budget. I, I remember that because I was in school and we had to discuss it in class. And they had said it because it cost astronomical amounts and put our state in debt to move it. That's perfect. Let's do it. We're going we're gonna, to... If they're going to try and... Uh, if they're going to put... Um, Vivian Stiver on the marijuana control board or attempt to put her on the marijuana control board, then then I feel like this is just ridiculous enough that we can get this to uh, to a state vote again. Um, and for those of you who are unaware of the marijuana control board or Vivian uh, Stiver, perhaps Stever, look her up on Google. I don't want to I don't want to misstate her <laughs> list of accomplishments, but Wade, I'm sure can look her up. She is a, a city councilwoman from uh, Fairbanks. She also led a campaign to make cannabis illegal again in Fairbanks. It failed miserably. Let me just say that in every state where cannabis has become legal, it has become legal because of voter initiative, not because someone uh, who was elected said that it was a great idea. So Vivian Stiver, or Stever, is currently uh, nominated by the governor to take the slot on, on, on the Marijuana Control Board from an, another Fairbanks resident uh, by the name of, um, and I don't want to mistake, but Brandon Emmett. He is the owner of Good Titrations uh, and also a Fairbanks resident. Now, some of you may be asking, why are they going to replace a guy that owns a, con- uh, a cannabis concentrate company with a lady that tried to make cannabis illegal uh, a little while ago? And that's a really good question. And one that hasn't necessarily been answered. And let me say that the, the governor's last few picks for people to do jobs haven't necessarily worked out so well. I can speak at a little bit of length, and I don't, I don't want to dive too much into it, but uh, the former chief of staff of the borough, um, of, the, of the mayor's chief of staff, was a guy by the name of John Quick. John Quick was nominated by the governor to lead like the Department of Administration or something or other or other. 
Anywho, kind of fibbed on his resume. And he got not just that, but he fibbed about it in, in front of representatives who um, you shouldn't, you know, like if you're lying to Bill Willikowski or misrepresenting yourself uh, in a job interview with Bill, Will, uh, Bill Willikowski, you got to, I don't know, man. But neither here nor there. He is no longer in that position. There was another guy, uh, and I want to say his name is Arthur Chance. Art Chance, it could be completely wrong on that. Wade is with customers. Uh, and this was a guy that um, I believe he was making, and I, I could be, again, you're going to have to look this up on yourself, uh, was making racist and homophobic statements on Facebook uh, immediately after getting the phone call from Don Levy uh, that he was getting nominated for a, for a position. So, if nothing else, uh, Governor Dunleavy has shown some poor judgment in his nominations for positions in the past. Not going to hold it against him. He's, he's looking at... He's he got okie-doked. He got okie-doked. That happens. Um, but... He also listens when people kick back. When people say, well, hold on, hold your, set, hold your horses on this, on this guy, uh, especially with, with the, the racist guy, because Dunleavy is, is uh, a guy who's married to, uh, to a Native woman. He's very, like, he's very uh, attentive to, to these sorts of issues. Like, that shit's not going to fly with him. However, I, I think that when Governor Dunleavy understands that like this is a big this is becoming a part of his tax base mm -hmm. is this this uh this marijuana uh industry hopefully he doesn't go like full california with it and maybe california's a bad um a bad person to point at but um provided he doesn't go like he dive in and go full silly with with the cannabis industry and plays it smart and doesn't put people on on that board that dictate the administration and dictate those rules, as long as he doesn't do that, uh, he'll be fine in that regard. It, he, if he's able to consider and, and be a partner with that, that industry that, that is generating more and more peripheral income uh, for the state. And when I say peripheral income, we're talking about not just the cannabis itself, but we're talking about when they're uh, buying soil, paying electricity bills, uh, all this sort of additional income that, that gets paid to the state. Um, fucking creepy CIA Dave My watch phone watch. <laughs> fucking dickhead Tracy phone watch over there. Um, CIA Syrian. Real quick, Bill, just so you know, and I looked by up. by CIA Siri. CIA Siri over there. Just let you know, I looked up online what it would cost for us to fly to uh, Juno from Anchorage. What you got? The cheapest ones are if we wanted to go after March 30th. Or March 25th. If you try to go before, then it's $500 round trip per person. Okay. If you go March 25th to the 28th, it's 260 bucks Round trip? Round trip per person. But you do have stops in like three places. I don't want to do that. Or if you go, well, here's the funny part. It's 251 for three of your stops. Or 255 for a nonstop flight. 255 nonstop. Per, per, per person. We can go to Juneau for three days and end of March. I had another vacation I was going to plan for this month. I might just postpone that vacation and use that money to go to Juno. That's how serious I am. I want to sit down and discuss my daughter's education. They're trying to cut out the budget 
and let them know how infuriated I am. I'm going to spend all my hard-earned money to fly to talk to them. Well, you're also kind of like a like a fringe taxpayer. Like people don't want to, people don't really uh, uh, talk about um, the vape industry. They don't talk like it's a full industry. Yes, it's you have trade magazines, mm -hmm. uh, and there's, I you know what I I don't want to like talk about other businesses in town, but like I. Like, I know that if I go to Big Daddy's Pizza, right, mm -hmm. there's the Pizza Trade magazine over there. So you're talking to people who are at least staying up on, you know, whatever the trends are in the industry. So if you're talking to uh, about pizza, then you're talking about craftsmen. You're talking about people that care about what they do. Um, and 5150 Vapes, the same way that you go to, to a butcher shop like, uh, like Echo Lake Meats, you, you're able to get a kind of explanation in what it is that you're buying. You're coming in and you're spending money on that service. You are a business that provides a service to its customers. Mm -hmm. That uh, that said, you are one of these businesses that, that are are fighting uh, against these sort of like megaliths, but at the same time, um, I don't imagine anytime soon that um, Fred Myers is gonna be carrying like vape mods. They actually can't no longer, the FDA actually squashed the chance of them doing that. It's good for you on that. Very good, but and, and if me going there, I do have a question about the vape industry and where it stands in Alaska, and I also have questions about my daughter's education. I have a lot of questions that I would love to have somebody sit down with me, and not give me no, no watered down version answer. I want to know why are you doing this? I pay a lot of money in taxes between my business and my personal self, and I think that I have the right for you to be, look me in my eye and tell me, I'm gonna take your daughter's education away. And that, to me, is what I would want to do. That's why I'm willing to put my vacation to fly down south on hold. My, my wife's a teacher, dude. I get it. Exactly. You affects you. I got, I got five kids in the local mm -hmm. school district. So, so I think about this. And I think about um, we have some good teachers in this school district. Amazing teachers. Uh, and we have some teachers that, that put in a lot of work. And they put in a lot of hours. And they, mm -hmm. they volunteer for different things, like, like putting together the yearbook that put together your 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 battle books team so that your you know their your your sped programs yeah. and your quest I mean these 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 teachers put in a lot of hours and they put in a lot of work so what what in the correction system and, and buddy I don't know how it, you don't have to say your name um, you, you, but one of the things that we're talking about right now is uh, there's a 20 million dollar uh, allocation for funds uh, that the governor has proposed cutting. Now, he wants to cut this, but one of the things that um, that, that $20 million is going to uh, go to uh, is the Department of Corrections. And one of the things that we discussed earlier on the show was that uh, a lot of the, the, the Department of Corrections is, is doing a, a, a lot of things right. Um, and maybe they don't get enough credit for the things that they are, are doing right. But you're also, when you're talking about people that are in, in a position like they're incarcerated, it really is just up to them. A lot of the decision-making of, of what's going to happen after the fact is maybe more on them than it is on the Department of Corrections. Or I don't know. I don't know what the Department of Corrections needs with the money that was already ad allocated for education. But um, I mentioned you, uh, not by name, but and another buddy of mine, 
uh, not by name, as, as folks that I could point out and say, after they came out of what it, wherever it was that they were, uh, they walked away better people. They're standing up straighter. They're proud of who they are and the shit that they do on a regular basis. Uh, and they're pr just as proud of the shit that they don't do. Um, and I have, I have more friends in, in my life that have gone that way than have gone into a box and, and gone, you know, off the deep end. Uh, I have more friends that have gone in there that have come out and, and, and now they're, they're, they're married, they have children and they have, they've rebuilt their lives or they've built uh, better lives than they could have imagined, but it still comes down to it being on them. Okay, let me turn the mic real quick. Are you cool talking about it a little bit? Talk a little bit. All right. So the Department of Corrections is one of the places, uh, and um, the Alaska State Troopers. Shout out the Alaska State Troopers. They've got a they've got a they've got a hard job. Uh, they've got a, a shit job, uh, and they're spread thin as it is. Um, but I don't think that cutting uh, twenty million dollars from education is the answer to that. No, I don't think they should cut education either. I myself have a seven-year-old that goes to school that is trying to, to, I want him to get a better education so he can better himself more than I did. So he doesn't go down the path that I went down. I went to school in California and the education system in California in certain states sucks. You know what I mean? With all the gangs and everything they have going on there, here, I believe, is a lot better education. It's the, the schools here are more family-orientated. You know, they're more about... It, it's, I think it comes down to the smaller community, really. You know, but I don't think they should cut budgets from the school. Yeah. There, the $20 million would affect the community to the tune of $1.4 million. And that, then that's for the borough. That's Homer... That's Seward, that's Soldatna, that's Kenai, uh, that's all these little areas uh, in the vicinity. The city of Soldatna also is holding a special election to build um, a, a field house, which would raise our, uh, our sales tax in Soldatna, I believe, half a cent. That's another fucking thing. But <coughs> you're cutting this 1.4, and where's that 1.4? million dollars going to be cut from what programs are going is it is it going to uh affect the meal programs is it going to affect how like the ability to hire new teachers is it going to be uh the a bit like where's what is going to to where's that money going to come from one of the programs i've noticed in the past that i've seen firsthand how it affects people is when they cut the after school programs when you have kids that get out of school their parents are at work they have after-school programs. When I was in school, they actually had quite a few different program options for students to go to and do. Now there's about a third of that amount. So they're actually cutting back to where, like, when school's out, the kids are your responsibility. Parents take care of your kids. And it's like, when I was in school, we had a lot of programs that keep me and my friends out of trouble. And I see those are fading off to the wayside now. But here's my question for you. Okay. All right. Is that, is that the state's responsibility to provide after school care and or 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 is it the opportunity uh to provide that like i think for example like the like they have the teen center in soldat and i think that 
you could make that privately run and it could be uh, more successful than, than what it is. It could probably generate more income rather than, than and, I, and it's a free program, mm -hmm. in my understanding. Uh, so maybe that's not the best example, but it, it's the opportunity to provide something different. Like Zeros, uh, right next to it, provides uh, something different in the way that you can play video games uh, over there. Or uh, there's the other place in Soldatna, um, uh, Hobbies, Crafts, and Games, that have Magic the Gatherings. Or there is also the after-school program at the library. There's... There's a lot of stuff. When I was in school, we had a program that after school, certain teachers would come in when they're doing their grading their papers and doing their work, would come in and give students one-on-one -on -one time to actually help you. So if, there's a, if you're struggling in math real hard and you can't figure something out, you'd have a teacher there every day after school for two hours. And I'm not saying that you'd have your math teacher, but if you have a teacher there, obviously they, they know how to do the math you're doing if you're in seventh grade or eighth grade. So it gave you a chance to sit down with the teacher and go, listen, I'm not dumb, but I can't figure this out. Yeah. And you'd have a teacher there to help you so you didn't fall behind. And it, like I said, it may not be your teacher, but it's a teacher that knows what they're doing. So it made it more easily obtainable to where if you're having problems in class, you could tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to stay up to school today for a couple hours, go to the library, meet with the, meet with the teacher, and try to ask them questions. If you're struggling with your language arts, you're struggling with anything, that was an option there to help the kids overcome their issues they're having. It also gave you a chance to where if your parents are at work, you have a place to go do your homework. If you don't want to go home and sit, you have a place there. So if you have a question, you'd have all the books in the library to use. If you and your friends were trying to do a, a big project together, instead of trying to get a hold of your parents, try to arrange so you can all come together and get the project done, you could go to the after school program, sit down as a group. Okay, we have to build this diorama. So let's now meet on Monday and Thursday this week after school and get it done. It gave you that opportunity to help yourself. And it wasn't always based about the teacher. It was sometimes kids go sit there and be like, you know what? I can't focus at home because I got TV, I got my games, I got my friends. I can't focus during class right now. It gave you a chance to go sit down by yourself, focus on what you want to do, and help you be a better you in school. And with them cutting back budgets, that program is no longer available. As last I asked a friend of mine about his kid, and he asked his kid, went to class, actually asked his teacher, that program is no longer available for the kids at that school. But at the same time, again, there's the opportunity for the, the private sector or the nonprofit to be able to step in. Now, I have to do some, some research on this. We can probably actually make a trip out there sometime soon. But in Nikiski, there's an after-school program called Compass. I, I believe it's called Compass. But we could go out there and take a look at, at what that is all about. But it's an after-school program that is provided in Nikiski. One of my kids, uh, the one of the kids, well, one of my, the only kid of mine that goes to middle school out there, <laughs> Uh, occasionally goes out there and he enjoys it and it's it's to me it's i would personally as as a, a concerned parent in the community i would be up to stand up and tell the people of the community let's get together and let's vote and if we we, we lose the vote we don't have funding i'll help throw money in a pot if it helps the community have better education for the kids and i know the guys sitting next to me on the couch right here he'd do what he took to help i'd volunteer my time well the, the cannabis tax, go the the, the the cannabis sales tax, all goes to education, right? It doesn't. How, how is that being spent? Exactly. I'm wondering about that. I'm wondering about the fact of like my shop. We pay borough tax here. I pay a substantial amount. I found out, and I want. I was kind of curious. Where does all that money go from all these locate all these businesses in town that pay borough tax? Where's that borough tax going? Whose pocket is it lining? 
because I can guarantee you, after seeing the past few years in my little vape shop here, and looking at other businesses in town I drive by and seeing their their sales, there's a substantial amount of money getting put into that borough every quarter. And guess what? I can guarantee you it's not all going where it should. Because if it did, we'd have some really bomb-ass schools around here. I don't think it's just like that. I think that there's... Hey, there looks like there's a moose across the street. It's a, it's a wood moose bill. It's been there all winter. Oh, shit. There's a wooden moose out there. I sat in my car about a week ago and stared at it for three hours, wondering how mad a cop would get if I shot a few holes in it. Woose. We'll call and then it I realized moose. discharging a firearm inside city limits is a big no-no, so I didn't do it. I thought about it, though. How funny it'd be to blow some holes and do little heart-shaped holes in it. you got to be careful about your backdrop, though, because you are shooting in a park, and on the other side of the, the park... Yeah is the river, and on the other oh, no. side of that river is people's houses. I was going to go through and put my gun pretty close to an upward angle, so my show would go up towards the river area. It's still got to come down. It's somewhere. Not near me. Glad you didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? For the safety of all others, I'm going to go home and go to bed. It was like 3.30 in the morning. I was just driving around, bored by myself. That's what I do at night. If you're driving around town, you see a car cruising around a lot. That's probably me. I don't sleep very much. I just drive around, listen to music. It's a good life. That is good luck. What are you doing? All right. Let's so, get cell phone with uh, some games. Let's get into some, some quick uh, dressings of some other things um, going on inside of the world. Uh, the state is suing an opioid manufacturer alleging willful deception. And I am out of my, uh, my free articles <laughs> on this. Um, however, I should probably get a subscription to the Peninsula Clarion with that being said. You can go buy um, one every day for 50 cents a day, Bill. It's true. It's true. They have an online subscription, though, and I might just say it's like 10 bucks a year or something like that. Um, that won't break the bank. Something, no, it won't. It won't. I mean, it might. I don't know what your bank if is. It's not 10 bucks a month. Cause <laughs> I got I to gotta look at that because I'm not saying that I won't pay 10 bucks a month for local news, but uh, I don't think that it should be around the same price as Netflix. Because you, you you can't clarion and chill. It doesn't sound the same. No. Like, I clarion and start, you know, stressing out about my neighbor. Like, <laughs> I worry about who's going to do the crazy shit. Um, and and it always, you know, it always goes back to, shit, I shouldn't read the newspaper. I, I got a feeling that all my neighbors think the same thing, and all my neighbors look straight at my house and at me, and they're like, yep, that's the crazy the neighborhood. I got a trap house. It's cool. You go to my house, and you drive by, and there's always, like, ten cars in the driveway. It's true. <laughs> People are parked, coming in for a couple minutes, leaving. Um, all right. Nothing so illegal. It's just I have a lot of friends. Yeah, just people come by. I mean, it's, it's dead set. Like, I don't want to say it's like dead <coughs> in the middle of downtown and tell people where you live. but I live um, by the hospital in that region. So, so do you think that the, uh, the state should be suing opioid manufacturers? And I remember this. I remember reading about this. Uh, many moons ago, but this has been an ongoing uh, lawsuit. Suing <laughs> yes and manufacturers. no. Why? Why? Yes. Why no? Yes, because we do have a major uh, a major issue in the state when it comes to those. That is a major pressing issue in the state, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But my no is because sons of bitches, we are cutting budget from schools to go try to sue opi. No. Make the money go where it needs to go. I'll disagree with with that. I will say that we need to sue them all, all the way in, and uh, and and I think that and, and this is why. 
first off, they, they withheld information. They knowingly withheld information, knowing that this stuff was addictive, which is fucking heroin. Like, <laughs> they were giving people heroin. And how would heroin... I've, by the way, I've never done heroin. Yeah, don't do but, that, But no. um, the people I know that have done heroin really seem to enjoy doing heroin and not much else. So with that being said, they're enjoying their lives now that they are not doing heroin a whole lot more. So I don't know too many guys where it's like they were doing heroin and now, you know, like, and it led to them doing great things. Like, I never met a, a guy that, like, used to do heroin who's like, and now I'm mayor, except for maybe Rob Ford, uh, <laughs> but that was crack. Hey, he didn't do it all the time, just a little bump, and, bump and here he and was, And he waited till he was mayor to start. So I don't think he smoked crack beforehand. I don't think that it was the run-up. I'm not saying we shouldn't sue them. I'm just thinking that I want to know what it's costing us to sue them. Um, are we are we piggyback off other states or other people suing them? I'm, or are we the front of it? Like we're we're taking all that money we're expending on that. I think we should deal with it, yes, but we should not deal with it to the point that we're taking money from education to deal with it. See, here's what here's what inevitably happens because this is what happens to these <laughs> major with these major corporations and these yeah. major lawsuits. So there was a um, school groundskeeper. And he was uh, spraying a chemical uh, plant killer. Okay. All right. Will not say its name for fear of lawsuit. But that stuff. But that stuff. Okay. And it gave him cancer. And it gave him terminal cancer. And he was awarded a ridiculous sum of money by this major corporation that can afford to pay it. They're appealing that to pay him even less. So let's imagine, and, and, and also let's throw this, this little nugget of corruption in. El Chapo paid the president of Mexico $100 million. What do you think a pharmaceutical company is willing to do to protect billions and billions of dollars. Now, by the time that money gets to our state, it may like it may never come to the state because these pharmaceutical companies have, have padded our, our doctors. They've padded our lawmakers. They've padded uh, themselves in such a way that whatever money it is that, that is being spent really means uh, um, a little bit... It's, it, it, I don't know. It makes us feel good. See, I, I think that it won't do anything in the long run. It won't do much in the long run. That's one thing I was going to say is these pharmacies, the pharmaceutical companies are giving the, the information to the doctors and they're prescribing them. Right? Mm -hmm. That's how that works. You tell me these doctors who went to school for many, many moons don't know what they're prescribing? Oh, no, no, no. I see the eyebrow raise. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of times, because we're, we're not just talking about doctors, we're also talking about people. And very, very often, people become complacent, and people become easily influenced. And if, if I know that um, this, this pharmaceutical company um, 
has uh, provides benefits to me as a doctor, uh, the more often I prescribe it, mm -hmm. then I'm going to be more inclined, if I see the benefits in it, to agree with it and, and sign on with it. Now, well, knowing what it's doing to your cousin, your well, well I mean, on the flip side, if you if you have someone's getting sick and give them a pill that makes them you know feel better, but they're still going to be getting more downfalls in the long term, they're coming back for more service. Therefore, you're getting more money. But when's it stop being about the money and more about the health? Two two sides of that, really. Okay. Like, okay, so on one hand, you have doctors who are <clears throat> carefully controlling uh, the medication that people are getting. However, uh, you also have, um, have doctors who, uh, in the past, played fast and loose with how many pills they were giving out. Yes. And so these doctors who weren't doing that are now forced to, to really monitor what it is that they're doing. If the same way that, um, for example, if you're not being safe on, on a job site, let's say you're a welder and you don't have your flash guard down, and you, you strike your rod, you get that second of a flash burn, right? Mm -hmm. You learn from that. Don't do that again, all right? Um, and, and I think that uh, a doctor's, um, I don't know, maybe they're playing fast and loose with safety. Maybe some weren't reading, uh, a lot of them weren't reading information. But then in cases like Florida, where you had pain management centers, and they weren't they weren't communicating. So people would go to one pain management center, and then they would go to another one, and then they would go back to wherever the fuck it was that they were from, and they would sell that oxycotton. They would sell whatever pain medication that they were getting. On the other hand, I have friends who are dealing with uh, service connected injuries, uh, and they complain to me that it's a pain in the ass to go get the medicine that helps them, uh, because the the doctor. Because now the doctors is is watching more than they were in the past, and fuck it, some cannabis, man. It just it bothers me because I have a lot of family members that have been hooked on a specific uh, narcotic that you mentioned by name, oxycotton, and it really bothered me that I had a member of my family go to a doctor in this local community and tell him, "Oh, my back hurts." And that doctor, I was sitting there in the room, goes, oh, well, here, and prescribed him 100 Oxycontins a month to get rid of his back pain. And it just bothers me that that, that, that epidemic got big from that. It, it, people, a lot of people started their drug reign from certain prescriptions. And I think if you're going after the pharmaceutical company, you should also look at what doctors are prescribing them and at what doctors are prescribing more of them because it is well known that doctors do get a percentage of kickback from certain pharmacy companies. Or pharmaceutical companies. Look it up. It is a fact they get a kickback from that. So as a doctor, you know, if I prescribe this, this pill to this person, I'm getting $2 per pill. But if I get 80 people doing it, you know, that adds up quickly per month and it makes more in their pocket. But yet, if you're going to go after the pharmaceutical companies, they need to look at the doctors who are prescribing them, why they're prescribing them, and they should go at them as well, not just the pharmaceutical company that's making the pill. Because anybody can make anything. You've got to have a buyer. Without a buyer, that will die. Yeah, I think that if you treat doctors the same way that you treat a street-level heroin dealer, 
then you're going to have doctors that clean up their act. If you if you not only take away their ability to make a living, like, and and I'm just going to imagine that I live in a in a safe world <laughs> where the stuff that you're talking about doesn't exist. Uh, if a doctor does that, if a doctor is prescribing drugs, more drugs, uh, narcotics to a person than they feel in their heart that they should as a doctor, then you should absolutely, absolutely, absolutely uh, send that motherfucker up the river and send them to the same, the very same place that you would to uh, to someone that was selling those Oxycontins on the street because a lot of times uh, it seems like, and I'm, I'm no expert on, on the current street drug trade, uh, but I would assume that uh, uh, just as often you are, uh, especially maybe in, uh, in some places, you're dealing with, uh, with like real pharmaceutical grade drugs uh, rather than maybe some shit you're getting on, on uh, the... Um, on the black web. I uh, just decided, just while we're on the phone here, I pulled my phone out and Googled, do doctors get money from pharmaceutical companies? What is it? Quote. It says, a ProPublica analysis has found doctors who receive payments from medical industry do indeed prescribe more direct drugs on average than colleagues who don't. And the more money they receive, the more they prescribe. And there is proof of doctors getting paid and, oh, this is kind of fun. Drug companies and many physicians, however, contend the financial relationships are about educating doctors. And that's how it's being funneled. The Federal F Physician Payment Sunshine Act requires healthcare companies to disclose payments made to doctors. So somewhere there's a document of what doctors are getting paid to prescribe what pills. And if we're suing that company, that's one thing that we should ask them is, hey, what doctors in Alaska are you paying to prescribe this medication and then go at them hard? Yeah. It, go take everything from them. It seems mildly unethical. And, and again, we're probably biting off way more. Like, we are getting way too deep on this way topic, too, Way Bill. too deep on this. Even Wad Dazzler said, like, we, I'm not involved in we nothing. We probably start, should have just stuck with mixed martial arts. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. And it's one of the things, and I hate when people say slippery slope because they're immediately going to say something ridiculous. Like, anytime someone says, well, you know, it's a slippery slope between uh, gay marriage to marrying your dog. No, no, it's... <laughs> those are There's a big fucking jump. Those are two completely separate things, yeah. and for you to compare those two doesn't work. However, with that being said, uh, I think that you can say it's a slippery slope... Uh, and we go back to this, uh, uh, this, what is that? The, the organization that we were talking about at the very beginning, information technology, uh, the state's information technology, our education money is going to something that sounds like it's accumulating your data to sell to a third party. And if they are selling our information to a third party, then why aren't they doing that to, uh, fucking pay for, uh, that $20 million shortfall. The only information I was able to find on the Office of Information Technology was it's in UAA, and it goes the money goes towards education. That's all it said. Okay, so they're going to cut Cover education, story. 
to that's there's there's more to that positive because UAA just lost their education uh, accreditation, so they can mm -hmm. no longer teach teachers to be teachers. So, with that being said, why are we giving them any fucking money? And why is the universe? What is the university doing with that? I hate, I hate that bullshit. It's like when you see that uh, commercial. I don't know if any of you folks at home watch YouTube, and it's the. Um, it's the thing of like DUIs have gone up, drug related DUIs have gone up in the state of Alaska, and there's a picture of a joint. What they don't ever tell you is how many of those DUIs are actually cannabis related versus related to another substance. How many of those folks that they say are on, on DUIs from drugs are uh, on something other than cannabis versus cannabis? The other thing is, and this is just a joke. You know, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke on <laughs> this podcast. I'm going right. to save that one. Let's try to get on a, on a happier trip before we go. Because if we keep going with Bill, we're going down a rabbit hole. We're, we're going to a rabbit hole. It's going to get me assassinated. All right. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Between so, Bill and Pegasus. So if you're interested in coming through and being a part of the podcast, by all means, come through Friday uh, around noonish. It's all the time, Bill. We'll be here then. Yeah. All right. Uh, if there's anything that you want to discuss, be sure to go to uh, send us an email either at the woke and baked uh, woke and baked podcast at gmail dot com or fifty one fifty modcast at gmail dot com. You can also go to the fifty one fifty Facebook page. Um, and if you are liking what you're hearing and you want to help pay for a Peninsula Clarion um, subscription. Uh, either a physical copy, which would be pretty cool. Like, we get a physical copy delivered to the shop, uh, to here. The shop here. Or um, or an online subscription. That's cool, too. But I, I think between the microphones and the mic stands and the mixers and the software, I'm done investing money in this for a little while. Not yeah. to say that it's not worth it, but... Um, We've come out of pocket quite a bit. I, for I'm not saying you should come out of pocket either. I'm just saying that all I get from the Peninsula Clarion at this point is the headline. So if you know someone that works at the Peninsula Clarion and they're willing to share their login information like a Netflix password, we can make it happen. We're going to turn the Clarion into the Netflix of Alaska, aren't we? You know what I hope, and this <laughs> is the reality of it, is that people listen to this wherever they are, and they go and they look at our, our, our local newspaper to figure out what we're talking about because um, they'll have a better understanding of, of the things that we're addressing. And the other thing that, that they'll learn really, really quickly is that Nikiski is the Florida of the Kenai Peninsula. If something crazy is happening, it's happening in Nikiski. I just want to throw one thing out there I find kind of funny. as a joke I heard, and you mentioned Netflix and got my head, and I have to say it. It says this new show, I forgot what it's called, The Bird Box or something, or Blind. Bird something. Box. Bird Box. Had the most views of any other movie on Netflix. All 12 Netflix accounts watched it. And I laugh because I know I have multiple friends and we, like, one dude will pay for Netflix, one will pay for Hulu, one will pay for Amazon Prime, and we share that password more than a girl at high school. At least when I went to school, it was how that went down. But I don't know if it's different these days, but pretty sure it's the same. I don't, I don't know. I'd like I to like, say we could end this, but now that... Uh, now I that shared, like, french fries and stuff. Ooh, I don't share my french fries, bro. I'll punch someone. You talk about french fries. I'm, I ain't sharing yeah. my food. But um, I realized that we 
we have to keep going with this because because Wade has walked over to have a customer. Wade's gotta go so we're gonna end go. this, but now we gotta stick we this were going out. To. Now we're we're we gotta we're, go. We're gonna stick this out. It's gotta go elsewhere. Um, so, um, yeah, going back to uh, yeah, let's actually talk about some of the, the other things uh, that are happening locally to include. Oh, watch this, yo Wade. Get over here, because we've been going on this thing. Man, for, we don't. Well, how long have we been on this? I'm pretty sure we're well over an hour. All right, yeah, it is currently 2 p.m. I got shit to do. You got, I got shit to do. I got shit to do all the time. I stay pretty busy. Uh, we're busy people, but we make time out of our day to make sure people get good stuff. We've been waiting to end this. We need you to do it for us, boo boo. Well, we want to thank you all for listening. Tune in. If you have any questions, email us at the emails Bill said, or come by 5150 and. Give us, give us a little chit-chat. Let us know what you want to hear and what you want to have happen next. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Be safe. Enjoy the snow. If there's still snow on the ground, when you hear this. Be safe.